0: This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL.
1: Welcome back, BetQL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, with you on a Football Friday Wildcard Weekend. Football Friday, right now we're going to, go to the Roman Guest Line. Our buddy Ed Egross from FanDuel, more ways to win. Bally Sports West to talk about these games, these matchups. The changes in these lines, everything here for Wild Card Weekend. Ed, welcome back to the show. Ed, let's start with the first game. game that uh, Joe and I, you know, we were saying earlier that typically that Saturday 4.30 spot, Eastern time, it's like a dud of a game. We like this game. This is a fun game. The Raiders, they got their way in. And the Bengals, we know how good Burrow's been. They've been down the stretch of the season. This number has bounced around. Six and a half, six, down to four and a half. Now back to five and a half, Vandal, before this conversation. What's your read on this game, Raiders at Bengals?
0: Oh, timing is of the essence in this one because once it gets to about six, six and a half, then to me, I think it becomes a stay-away game because I'm roughly at that point right now. Uh, Five, five and a half. I think you're still okay going with the Bengals. And the way that I kind of did the math here is, uh, it's a couple of ways. Number one, I loved the move as far as resting Joe Burrow and some of the other key playmakers from last week. I think what that did is it sort of created like a pseudo bye week for the guys who have to perform at a high level against the Raiders. And, yeah, I get that, you know, Raiders defensively with Max Crosby and guys like that, they're going to apply some defensive pressure. And I do think they'll be at least somewhat successful as far as that's concerned. Overall, I look at it and say that rest to me is almost as good as a bye week. And so I would give that, say, like a point, point and a half, something like that. Home field advantage has been really good over these last several weeks in football. So that's probably like two and a half, something like that. And then if you look at the matchup uh, on a neutral field, the Bengals are roughly a point and a half, two points better. And so where the line is right now, I'm comfortable with. Uh, As big a fan as I am of Derek Carr, I do also understand that, you know, if Darren Waller were, say, a little bit healthier, then maybe I'd be convinced as far as, like, lowering that line to, say, five and a half. But I'm just not quite there at this point. I do question the number of playmakers that Carr has at his disposal. And, yeah, defensively, you know, the Raiders secondary, if Joe Burrow is going to try too many difficult throws, they can capitalize off of that. You really can't throw into tight windows against that secondary. But there are enough things that Joe Burrow can do, and the running game is so strong that I feel like the Bengals can cover this.
2: Uh, New England Buffalo, the narrative that many have jumped on is Josh Allen cannot play football in cold weather, in uh, <laughs> freezing, freezing temps, right? Uh, I pushed against that this week, especially when we have small sample sizes like Dak Prescott and his huge, oh, and three against the spread in the playoffs. Oh my goodness. Uh, wh- when does it become something that you're concerned about? Uh, the freezing temps for Allen, it's a sample size of five, likely too small, while he's still just figuring things out. He just became a really good quarterback not too long ago. Um, wh- when do you start to get concerned uh, with some of the quarterback stuff we see in playoffs or particular situations?
0: I think you said it. Like, with the sample size, I don't know if I will ever be concerned as far as that's concerned with Josh Allen. Now, if there is an enormous drop-off to where it's, say, statistically significant, then, yeah, that may happen at some point. But the sample size is so small to look, null everything? And had Josh Allen made a couple of more completions in that first matchup with the Patriots, we probably wouldn't even be talking about it. It's it's not necessarily one of those things where okay, it's super cold, therefore Josh Allen can't play. Wind matters a good bit. That nullifies the passing attack for everybody. Uh, you know, even Aaron Rodgers has lost in cold weather games before. So what is what are you exactly looking for as far as you know his? Production is concerned. Are you expecting him to drop 49 against this Patriots pass defense? Well, that's not going to happen. So what is the expectation to make sure that you can get over some kind of a hump? I do believe that the Bills can cover a spread like this in large part because there is a there, there's a dynamo quality to Josh Allen that I, I know we saw some of last year. And yes, there has a there has been sort of an output, you know, downtick this season. But he can still do things with his legs. He can still do things as far as the short and medium passing games. And even when it comes to deep throws beyond 20 air yards, he will get some of those completions, blow the top off of the defense. I do believe that this is a great coming out party for Josh Allen to be able to prove that, yes, he can play in cold weather games, but also he can be a reliable fixture in the playoffs.
1: We're talking to Eddie Gross from FanDuel, uh, uh, More Ways to Win in Valley Sports West um ed eagles bucks eight and a half is the number on this game i'm curious for you how much do you weigh what happened late in the season with two different teams in a matchup versus the whole year because look at the whole year i think the 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 obvious pick is the bucks you look at the last eight nine weeks and i think it becomes a little less clear the bucks run defense has not been as good the eagles have become a running team last time they played it was the opposite what do you make i mean the last 11 weeks these teams have scored basically the same amount of points I, i think the game is closer than eight and a half but the number says eight and a half. What do you make it? I I'm probably closer to say
0: nine or ten in this one. And it's not necessarily because that I don't you know believe that the Eagles have had a good season or that I don't like Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. But part of the problem is that this is just a bad matchup for Philadelphia. Had they played someone else, then I probably would be a good bit more comfortable, you know, throwing a couple of shekels on the money line, because I mean, what is it? Historically, Philadelphia has been phenomenal against the spread in the playoffs over the last several years. And I think that's in large part because I think philosophically this team is never meant to wow you. They just do enough to keep things interesting. And I think, you know, with the rushing attack, especially what Jalen Hurts can do with his legs, they're certainly doing that. But I just think this is a bad matchup for him in large part because the rush defense for the Bucs has been so stellar and it is getting healthier up front. And we saw what happened last year against the Super Bowl. And I expect that to happen again. To beat the Bucks, you're going to have to have a dynamic passing attack. I'm not sure that the Eagles are able to pull that off this go round. And look, I have some concerns about the Bucs for the rest of the playoffs. I'm not sure they get past, uh, you know, beyond this Eagles game, rather. You know, they can win this weekend, cover this spread, and then I have concerns beyond that. But for the time being, uh, with what Tom Brady is able to do with limited weaponry, yeah, I think the Bucs can cover 8.5. Are
2: we three for three with favorites? First three Uh, games?
0: Yeah, I think we are. Yeah. Okay,
2: okay. I can escape. Like
0: stay tuned. But
2: <laughs> Coming up next, <laughs> Byron Allen at two a.m. on your TV. Yeah, right. uh, what about Sunday? Please on
0: the Cowboys,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Niners, and the Cowboys. Yeah. So this one's a field goal. We don't expect it to to move off of uh, the number of three. Total of fifty-one. We going uh, chalk again or what?
0: No, we're taking the 49ers on the money line. There's the one that uh, definitely breaks the trend there because I, I I do like Dak Prescott, but if you were to do, say, like a, a mental test, like if you close your eyes and you say to yourself, okay, who are the top five quarterbacks in these playoffs right now? I do believe that you are much likelier to get to Jimmy Garoppolo before you do Dak Prescott. And that's not to say that Prescott doesn't have better weapons. The wide receiving room Uh, The wide receiver room for the Cowboys is probably as good as any in football at this point. Even without Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson has been a great replacement. No doubt about that. But something about what Kyle Shanahan can do with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, that to me is the, the key deal here. When Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, we have seen some great work by the 49ers. It's just that they've had the bad losses. They've had the questionable close games. That's when Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been healthy. Like even the last game against the Rams. You know, he is having a thumb issue, hand issue, whatever it is. That is a sign that you know, when Jimmy Garoppolo is not healthy, the 49ers do drop off a cliff. They cannot rely upon Trey Lance. They they have difficulty in terms of a consistent running attack. Even though it can be very good, Jimmy Garoppolo has to play well for the 49ers to be able to advance. But I do believe that this is an opportunity for him to do this. Look. The Cowboys' defense has thrived off of turnovers. You don't think that Kyle Shanahan is smart enough to design plays to avoid such things, to to make sure that things are relatively close in front of him, to where it involves a lot of screens, short outlet throws, things like that. Yeah, I think the 49ers can pull off this upset.
1: And the biggest spread of the weekend is Sunday Night Football. It is the Chiefs' 12.5-point favorites over... The Steelers, we, we've been joking on the show this week. Dan Marino's final game was a 62 to 7 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in 99. I that. And, yeah, yeah, and it was ugly. It would have waited for Dan Marino to go out. The Mark Brunel Jaguars. I don't think this gets that ugly, but it could get ugly. What, what's your read on this one? It could get ugly, and it's definitely a
0: game where I, I probably would want to tease. I mean, I know it's not like the best teasable line at 12 12.5 12 going down to 6.5, but. It's still a line that I would like to tease because if I'm trying to find like a you know a good game to to sort of pair the obvious teasable leg with, uh, then that that may be the way to go there. Uh, but I also think that yeah, it, it certainly could get ugly. But I still have questions about say the ancillary weapons when it comes to the Chiefs. Yeah, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, like yeah, they haven't been playing super well, but. You know, they've certainly been more than serviceable enough to get the Chiefs uh, into a prime position. I just have questions about the Byron Pringles of the world to be able to cover a spread like that. And, you know, defensively, TJ Watt's been great. Uh, some of the other weapons have been okay defensively. I do believe that there is the potential for this to get ugly, but 12.5 seems pretty sharp to me. Uh,
2: what about on Monday night? This is the one that I have probably the weakest opinion on NFC West matchup in the wild card round Cardinals at the Rams. Uh, for the moment, it's three and a half. We've seen it toggle back and forth between four and three and a half this week on FanDuel. What do you think about this one?
0: I might want to wait until it's four before pouncing on the Cardinals, in large part because the better quarterback is getting points. And certainly when I've looked at EPA numbers, that not having not having DeAndre Hopkins has certainly been a problem uh for kyler murray he has not been the same quarterback without him and you know how many quarterbacks would be the same without you know not just their number one target but an elite number one target but i also look at this and say with the way things go it is easy enough to bracket your top receiver. so then what everyone else what can everyone else do can i trust the cardinals to bracket cooper cup to where it requires odell beckham and everyone else to beat you I have some questions about that i seriously don't believe that beyond the stafford to cooper cup connection that this offense is dynamic enough uh to be able to blow out arizona i just don't see that at this point point. plus when it's a divisional matchup and this is the third meeting then that familiarity does keep things a good bit closer certainly lowers the score historically so the under may be the real play in this game but overall i I believe that the better quarterback is Kyler Murray in this spot. Uh, Dynamic with his run game, enough weapons for him to feel comfortable beyond DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like there is a chance he can pull off the upset, but definitely if I can wait for the spread to get to be four, then I definitely want to pounce on plus four.
1: And curious your thoughts on Sean McVay as we head into that game. And last week, I mean, look, he's a, he's a really good coach, and he's been to a Super Bowl. Um, but last week, I was disappointed watching them run three times at the end, give the ball back to the 49ers. I just wonder about his concern. He's more conservative than I think people assume. Like McVay, they score a lot of points. Offense, he's conservative. What do you think about McVay as, as he goes back into another playoff run trying to make to the Super Bowl?
0: Well, I remember when he did make the Super Bowl, he wasn't aggressive at all on fourth down, but he was running a lot of fake punts. And to me, even though I am certainly of the analytic mindset where you need to go for it more often on fourth down, Brandon Staley's a genius. You know, that's how I that's how I approach the game. At the same time, I'm not a fan of fake punts in large part because. You know, is your punter really your best weapon to move the chains? Is he fast enough? Can he throw well? Whatever it is. And typically the answer is no, not to mention you don't get defensive pass interference calls in punt situations. And so a defense can absolutely manhandle uh, any would-be receivers if you have a fake punt and they're not going to get penalized for it. And it's those little things that make me a little bit suspicious as far as like what Sean McVay can do as far as play design is concerned going forward. In a game like this, I like the play design advantage for the Rams. It's why I'm not sure the Cardinals win this game outright. But at the same time, I'm with you, that there are a couple of deficiencies here and there to where it's really hard to put them, say, on the same level as a Matt LaFleur or some other young offensive wunderkind.
2: One more uh, important question for everybody coming in with their uh, wild card sports betting info. What, what is Wordle and why?
0: <laughs> what is Wordle and why? So Wordle is, is, a, is a magical game where you are trying to figure out what the five-letter word is that the computer is uh, trying to get you to guess at. And so you pick oh. a word, and then it tells you uh, the letters that are in the right position and the letters that are in the wrong position. And then you have six tries to come up with the right five-letter word. And uh, it's awesome because you can get really nerdy as far as figuring out, like, what word uh, is likely to give you the key letters that will ultimately get you to the correct answer. And so it's all about how you start. It's not how you finish per se. So it's trying to find a good word that has a lot of vowels in the beginning, like areas or Ouija or something like that, and then working your way to the correct answer.
2: So when people do do four slash six, that means they got in the fourth try? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I so just I see everybody posting about it and you're one of them, so I figure why not ask you since we had a couple minutes.
0: Yeah, so the, the, the nerdy way to approach it is start with areas or Ouija because you're likeliest to get the key vowels and it's all about getting the vowels at first. And look, don't be afraid on your second or third try to have words where the letters aren't quite in the right position. You wanna get as much information as possible before you really have to start getting the correct answers around guess three, guess four, so that you're able to finish soundly. You're able to finish at the end of the fourth quarter and you're not
1: having to rely upon silly timeout game. (laughs) It's kind of like betting on the NFL. We want the most information possible and then you put your wager in. I get it. Right, Yeah, it's scripted plays for the first two word guesses. And then mm-hmm. it's unscripted after that. Makes <laughs> sense, Ed. We appreciate you hopping on as always. Enjoy Wildcard Weekend, and we'll catch up again that, that next week. That was Eddie Gross on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for you all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to getromancom on now to get fifteen dollars off your first month. That's getroman.com/backuel. Calcutta coming on the other side. Our lightning bets with a ton of NFL for this weekend and a same game parlay in the NBA tonight. Up next on VECQL Daily.